Hey Village, so this is the weekly installment of our midweek podcast. As you can see, we have a little bit of um, a, a unique setting. We're here in the sanctuary just coming after our uh, weekend sermon, and I'm joined by our, uh, our speaker, Pauline Fong. Pauline, thank you so much for joining me after our preaching. We're so blessed by the message you gave, so thank you for being willing to Thanks sit down. Thanks for having me, Pastor Tony. Absolutely. And so, uh, Village, as always, we'd love to take this time for our midweek podcast to dive in a little bit deeper into the weekend message. And, and so there's uh, some poignant um, points that you made, Pauline, that I'd love for us to unpack even further. Um, I loved how you talked about the dimensions of Jesus, and there's this potential binary that we could um, box Jesus into. Was Jesus a rule follower? Was he a rule breaker? And if we're not careful, we can really constrain how dynamic Jesus was and how um, revolutionary in some ways he was, even in his rule following uh, that he was. Could you touch a bit on this dynamic that, that you proposed to us of loving God and, and loving neighbors really as a foundation for our understanding um, our situatedness in culture and society? I know you talked a bit about politics and how Yes, Jesus is neither uh, Democrat or Republican. He's especially not a libertarian. And, and, and we find ourselves in a fairly contentious um, season. I mean, it's always been contentious. But right now in our political moment, uh, even though the election is over, we find that even something like the vaccine for COVID-19 is very politicized. Can you speak into that? How... How does our framework of loving God and no, loving neighbor uh, give us a, a navigation for the vaccine? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm just intrigued by Jesus, period. Yeah. Because I think it's easy um, in different streams of Christianity or different um, practicing forms of Christianity for us to just slot Jesus into a particular you know, I mentioned dimension, but yeah. we could also say like a particular image, yes. right? So, yes. you know, uh, sometimes uh, when I became a believer in high school, the pictures at those times I saw a lot was mm. precious moments. Mm. So these, mm, okay, you know, like okay. these like dolls that wow, were made wow. of like, um, you know, it's breakable dolls, yeah. they're very fragile. Yeah. And then usually you saw Jesus in some form of like, you know, uh, looking very meek, very mild, mm. you know, maybe he has a lamb okay, across yeah, his shoulder. Yeah. Now that's very biblical. Jesus right. is right. that, right? Jesus right. does go seek out the one yeah. uh, when, you know, out of a hundred sheep, when there's one missing Jesus. So that is who Jesus is, mm. but that's only one picture yeah. of who Jesus is. Mm. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about the different dimensions of who yeah. Jesus is, because different streams or different forms of practicing Christianity may not feel very comfortable with another picture yes. of who Jesus is, right? Yes. So, for example, the picture of Jesus holding a whip and actually whipping people out of the temple. Yes, yes. That's also in the Bible. Yes, yes. But I rarely ever, have, nobody makes a porcelain doll out of that. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> it's not on a Hallmark card. <laughs> right. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Here's right. Jesus. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so what happens? 
happens is then we kind of get conditioned by the precious moments type of picture of who Jesus mm. is. So then when we are trying to figure out what do we do, right? As Christians, yeah. we want to do how, what would Jesus do? And we want to do what Jesus, but unfortunately, Absolutely. if that's all of our, that's our only picture of who Jesus is, mm. then we're not going to be able to actually live out the kind of scripture or the yeah. kind of image who Jesus is. Jesus holding a whip and like kicking people out of the temple. You know, and so I think that's why I wanted to talk about different dimensions. Um, and I think that's why it's really relevant to today, mm. because I think it's so difficult right now to figure yeah. out, like, how should I think about different? How yeah. should I think about vaccinations? Absolutely. How should I think about this or that? And, you, you know, you talked about kind of the extremes. And, right. And so I think that's why I wanted to also stay in Mark. So the two commandments, that's still in the Gospel of Mark. Yes. I intentionally stayed in the entire Gospel of Mark and yeah. walk us through so that I'm not kind of picking different Gospels. Right. All of those passages have parallel passages in all the other Gospels mm. as well, so it would be worth looking at that. Yeah. But I think it's that kind of walking through, you basically walk through with Jesus, right, in one narrative, essentially. Yeah. And it's in Mark that Jesus also says these are the two biggest commandments, yes. right? So to me, I think that's what guided Jesus' actions now, he had a special connection with God the Father, right? right? So let's not forget that. Yes. But I think those are ways that, you know, he was trying to teach his disciples, right, what to do. Yes. And so I think that's why those two commandments are really helpful for us. And I would call them more like, you know, uh, maybe you want to talk, call them like principles or foundations mm. that can guide us or, you know, it can be our compass, right, yeah. in terms of like, we don't know where we're going to go next, right? Mm. So if, it, if it's vaccinations now, who knows what next year is, right? right? There's going to be another issue that's going to be like very controversial. We don't know what to do. So I think that's why those are helpful checkpoints. Yeah. Um, those are very helpful checkpoints, but then, you know, we also kind of need to realize that, okay, but that may be interpreted differently. Absolutely. Uh, so that's why I said, you know, then you got to kind of align that with the rest of scripture, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And then also, you know, sometimes we have unintended consequences. Absolutely. We decide we think we should do. And, and what I so appreciate about your message was you didn't shy away from politics, uh, but you masterfully address politics without it become politicized without us getting caught up in the vitriol or the talking points. But uh, you so aptly said we need to have um, our Bible in one hand and the newspaper in another or our smart device with scripture in one hand, a smart device with the news in the other because uh, for all the supposed progressivism of the Pacific Northwest, we have a deep history of racism and um, uh, just white supremacy. I, I mean, the Pacific Northwest, as you briefly shared, has a long history with internment camps. Eastern Oregon, Eastern Washington has large populations of um, Japanese communities because of our history and our involvement in um, uh, oppressing and interning um, Japanese Americans. And so when we talk about the need for an awareness of our history, our political moment, and, and you talk about how Jesus, yes, can't be bought by an ideology. In some ways, Jesus can't uh, be placed on a platform for our political agenda. But what I love about the Gospel of Mark is it's a very political 
gospel. Um, it's, it's, uh, some scholars or theologians will say it's written to the Romans. And that's why there's this quick, fast-paced narrative. There's this theme of Jesus being king um, in opposition to Caesar. And we see that in the way that G- uh, the passion narrative at the end of Mark. Mark is very quick to bring Jesus to his crucifixion in the narrative to show that, uh, if you will, the platform that Jesus has is as king on the cross. Yeah. And, and so for you, as you were thinking through our political moment and really trying to preach to our political moment, not to have a politicized message, but a faithful uh, Christ-centered proclamation, um, how do you find yourself personally navigating our political moment in, in the way you situated us with saying love God and love neighbor? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where um, sometimes I feel like as I'm trying to make decisions on these social issues of what do I think about a particular issue, I find that I don't fit in any like hmm. current boxes, right? Yeah. The Democrat box, the Republican box, the Libertarian box, this box, that box. Um, because on different issues, I might pieces feel like if I were tr- trying to be true to following Jesus, I would think this way on hmm. this issue, partially. And then I would think this way, partially. So, you know, in some ways it's like, well, Republicans probably think I'm too democratic and too progressive. And mm-hmm. then Democrats probably think I'm too conservative, too, too Republican, because I don't fit in any of those boxes mm-hmm. in how I think about things. Yeah. And that's because I'm trying really, really hard in these days and it's getting harder and harder, Absolutely. right? Because narratives are so extreme. Um, mm-hmm. But I, what I try to do is I actually try really hard to hear the whole spectrum. Mm. Yeah, I try to hear the extremes on both sides. I try to hear stuff in between yeah. um, as a part of my process of discernment and mm. wisdom, right? Because it's not that easy. I wish mm. there was some part in the Bible that just says, think this way on this one, yeah. you know? There just isn't. Right. It's more like principles that we have to apply to our current context. And so... I don't pretend that I'm like smarter than anybody else. I haven't thought of all the different arguments along the spectrum, mm. but other people have. Yeah. So I just try really hard to kind of listen to all different mm. sources. So that's why, I, you know, I, this is where I would encourage people, don't be stuck in one form of media or news input, because mm. those, that, whatever that feed is, it's been, um, Packaged, yes, right. Yes. It, it's set the in algorithm. Per- yeah, yes, it's set in a particular narrative. So if that's all you watch, then everything that you watch is going to be bent towards that. Mm. So you've got to work really hard to try to get narratives from all along mm. the spectrum, and then really, like I said, check each one. Right, mm. check each one with, does this fit with loving God? Does this yeah. fit with loving neighbor or self? You know, and does this fit with the rest of mm. Scripture? And does whatever they're saying have unintended consequences? Yeah. Because there, a lot of stuff I'm hearing these days yeah. absolutely have unintended consequences, yeah. or it just right, outright doesn't fit. Yeah. Like it doesn't align with Scripture. Now, if someone's not a, a Christian, someone's not a follower of Christ. What do you mean? That, like, yeah. that doesn't fit, yes. with, right? So yes. that's not their point of view. They're mm-hmm. not trying to have a point of view that aligns yeah. with Scripture. So yeah. that's not their starting point, right? right? But right. for me, as a Christ follower, that has to be my starting point. Mm-hmm. So I have to evaluate all of the different voices, different mm-hmm. positions, different solutions mm-hmm. along the line. No, thank you. What, what I find so difficult is I, I would be lying if I said I didn't have a particular political bent or a political affiliation. 
But where I struggle and I, and I find, especially with how contested and heated our politics are, is how do I uh, guard against allowing a particular narrative yes. to influence the way I read scripture rather than allow uh, the narrative of scripture, what uh, the retelling of what God is doing to influence then therefore how I uh, yes. engage in politics. Yes. How do you guard yourself against that when it's so easy to say, well, it's right there in the yeah. scripture, but yeah. in reality upstream, we've consumed all of this algorithm, uh, program, package, news media that only uh, filters and puts our blinders on when we read the scriptures. How do you yeah. guard against Great that? Great question. So there's a couple things that I think uh, I try to put in my life that helps with that. So one is, I think this is where studying the Bible itself actually with people who are very different from you, yeah. different culture, different ethnicity, um, because a lot of times that comes with a difference in our traditions mm. and how we view and how we hear, how we receive a certain scripture. And I've been, in this instance, I've been particularly helped by my African-American black brothers Absolutely. and sisters. It's like, I'm helped by their perspective in, you know, in the readings of different scriptures. Cause Absolutely. there's just a very different way of reading that. Absolutely. Um, I'm also helped by like international voices, right? People from a different country, mm. right? Uh, that actually really reads a particular thing very differently. So mm. that's one thing. The other is I try really hard uh, to have commentaries from a multiple perspectives, yes. right? So sometimes we don't have access to people from a different culture mm. or a different perspective, but you have access to commentaries, yes. right? From a, you know, so I've got my African-American commentary. Yes. I've got my women's commentary. Mm. I've got um, Justo Gonzalez. You yes. know? So I've got commentaries from a multiple variety of um, whether it's from conservative to liberal to mm. you know different ethnicities and cultures, different countries, those you we can actually access these yes. days, right? You could Google them and you could actually find them. Mm. Whereas before you had to actually be in seminary to yeah. even know what they are, correct, right? Correct. Um, and then certainly there's pastors here that you can ask. Mm. And I've got friends who are very, um, I would say they think very differently than from yeah. me than than me, and I I try to like. Uh, read their blog posts yeah. or you know talk to them or and there's a lot of people out these days that actually mm -hmm. have very different views have podcasts blog posts so right. you know if you look for them or if you ask people who might know you know sometimes it's like you have to, got to chase after it a little bit yeah um, but i try hard to have mm -hmm. those in my i don't want to say tool belt but my toolbox yes. as i'm trying to read scripture and no, trying fantastic. to understand that so that i don't fall into mm -hmm. that whole trap of yeah. like being curated, yes, right? I mean, yes, that's actually what absolutely. happens when we become curated. Yes, yes, we think we're manipulating something when in yeah. reality we're being manipulated. No, yes. that's that's such a, a uh, insightful um, uh, observation of how we need to read deeply and read widely. And so I know uh, as someone uh, who also um, uh, is able to share here at Village and, and preach on our, our schedule. Uh, there, there are times where there's um, a, a final word of encouragement that I would have loved to said to the congregation or those who are watching, but it didn't make it into the sermon. And so if I could just ask, if you had um, a, an additional word of encouragement to Village um, as, as an added bonus to those who are watching the podcast and also watch the weekend sermon, what would that be? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe I would say um, if I had more time, I knew it was already going long, so I didn't go there. But, you know, I, I touched some on social issues. I didn't touch at all on our internal. I mentioned it in terms of there's external social issues. Mm. We've got to figure out wh what we think. But there's also internal village leadership, mm. uh, how we live as a community type of internal wow. issues, right? How do yes. we work with ourselves? There's a lot of those issues that I think, you know, we need to grapple with as well. And I would say, you know, let's think about those using the same principles. Yes. Right? Yes. Instead of like, well, it's always been done this way. Right. That's what I, you know, if mm. I were having a sit down, like heart to heart family yes. talk, that's what I would say. Instead of thinking it's always been done this way, can we like actually come back to the very same wow. principles? So that's what I would say. You that's know, such I, a you good know, word. I don't have time to give an example of yeah. that, right? Yeah. But I would think of different examples of like, mm. whether it's leadership or, you know, how we, you know, I don't know, how we do service, mm. what kind of worship we have, you know, any of those things. Absolutely. It's like, can we talk about those things with those principles in mind rather than we've always done it this way? Um, no, thank you so much. That is such a good word. Village, if you have questions or comment, please send them in to Tony at villagebeaverton.com. Pauline, thank you so much for the weekend message and, and sharing your heart. It's so... Um, insightful for us as we move towards our our fall schedule be on the lookout for the happenings here at village and absolutely let's move towards one another in loving god and loving our neighbors so thank you so much for joining us pauline thanks pastor tony thank you